Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. Self-responsibility is not practiced often enough in relationship dynamics because it is easier to blame external factors for our situations and our feelings. Accepting fault or admitting improvement in some ways is like blaming ourselves, as if we deliberately messed things up or acted a certain way. But this is not the case. A lot of the ways we show up are just unhealed wounds or behavior patterns we've witnessed throughout our lives. In fact, this episode is an empowering reminder that you have control over how you show up in your relationships and what a powerful opportunity it can be if you're willing to look at those and make changes. Today, we're going to dive deep into what taking responsibility looks like in relationships, both as a partner and a parent, and why it is the key to improving these dynamics. And of course, some steps you can take towards eating a big slice of humble pie. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, Christina Acapella. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, this one's going to be a doozy. <laughs> this one's a good one. And it's it's the truth, like really eating that humble pie. Because when I began to realize that every relationship in my life was so much to do with me and my own stuff. Woo, that was, uh, that was a, diff- a different kind of shift I had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a lot of what I talk about on my social media, given, you know, my experience with my marriage and, and really changing a lot of dynamics. And it's so interesting because it's not one that people really like to widely accept, right? You can really tell who's done the work in terms of really looking inward and self-acceptance of some of their faults and opportunities for growth and those who are still very much in denial and blame everything external to them for their situations and relationships. So 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think paired with like, I hear you say the, the relationship piece or partnership, right. For me, this was big with motherhood. And mm-hmm. I think that we are going to be the first generation where more of us are awake to like our roles as parents are awake to that. Like we play a big role in the relationships we have with our kids in terms of looking at our own stuff for the first time. You know, I think the majority of us, if not all of us have come from a generation where parents were pretty much like, you listen to me, you do what I say, I'm the boss, I'm in control here. And now I think we get to be the first generation where it's like, oh, no, wait, this is an equal relationship. And they are their own little humans, no matter what age they are, not like when they become adults, but like as young little people. And that has been a very, very crazy shift to experience in motherhood and all my relationships, you know? Absolutely. And really what you're basically saying there is all we've ever witnessed is, is blaming external things and controlling external Mm. things and never actually taking self-accountability or responsibility for the way our Mm. lives are kind of panning out. We've never witnessed it. We've never experienced it. So those are beliefs and Um, you know, constructs that are just so deep, I think, within who we are. So no wonder we walk around acting like that. And it really does take these aha moments. So there is, you know, zero blame to those who haven't had a bite of humble pie yet. It comes so naturally, I think, to us. 
Yeah. You know, there is a, there's a difference between taking a situation and you're like, I'm going to achieve and I'm going to succeed and I'm going to take responsibility for my life and be the best I can be. There's that. But what we're really going to look at in this episode is when you approach your relationships in a way of like, here are some of the really hard, challenging pieces that are showing up. And I play an equal part in this, you know, there's a difference there. And, and I think it's also important to say here, a big disclaimer that we are not talking about relationships where there is abuse present, right? What Tess and I, so if you're listening to this and you are in an abusive relationship, we are not condoning that in any way and saying that you deserve that or you need to really sit with your abusive partner and and take responsibility for your role. That We're not talking about abuse. We're talking about in relationships where you can have healthy relationships and, and, and you can both equally take a part in growth or development or making that relationship better in whatever shape, way, or form. To build off of what you said there, you know, self-responsibility in terms of partnership as well as in parenthood, to me, it's very simple. It looks like practicing self-awareness, period. Mm -hmm. And I think so many of us, we don't do that. We are so focused externally on how someone else is acting, what our child is doing, why they're being a little, you know, what, et cetera, et cetera. We so rarely like turn the mirror on ourselves. And so self-responsibility, I think the root of it is practicing self-awareness, like what you said there. To connect to that a little bit further, I think it's important to look at this piece around projection and when we're doing it in relationships, because I think it can be easy not to notice when we are projecting. And so what does that mean? Well, in relationships, if, if you are, you know, constantly looking at your partner or that person in the relationship and being like, you need to do this, you need to change, you you need to blah, 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 whatever all those shoulds are for that other person. Oftentimes that is a bit of a protective mechanism that keeps us from actually, like you said, turning that around on ourselves and figuring out what we need to do in that situation. Right. And we have really been conditioned to not take responsibility in our relationships. And so projecting happens all the time. We can project our shame onto people. We can project guilt, stuck emotions, our own experiences we've had from the past. So it's really important. One thing to look at here, and and we will come back to this at the end of what you can start to do in your relationships, but really start to ask yourself, am I projecting in my relationships? often we all are in some way, right? And if you are projecting, how can you begin to turn that back on yourself, right? Looking at your triggers, what is actually going on within you on a deeper level. Um, And the clearer that you can get within yourself, the clearer you will be able to see your relationships. And this is where the true magic starts to happen. Mm-hmm. I heard a really good quote from a psychologist who's a relationship therapist as well called Terry Real, And he says, the answer to the age old question, well, who is right and who's wrong is who mm. cares? Because yeah. in relationship, you know, we create these dynamics, like you're talking about there with projection, where it's you versus them. I'm right. And they're always wrong, whether that's an intimate partnership and also definitely in in child parent relationships where we actually go in, not even asking that question. I'm right. And you're wrong because I'm wiser and you're young and I'm the responsible adult and you're not your own person yet. Building off of your projection piece there. So many of us cannot accept that because I'd be willing to bet it's due to admitting failure or losing is really just a projection of wanting control, wanting to feel validated or something else stemming from a past experience, a past trauma. So 
you're, you're right on the mark there about the projection piece. There's so much more below that, right? And that's how we get into these very oppositional dynamics in these relationships when really, if that's your partner, your spouse, your child, we have to begin like getting a mind shift there that, that we need to go shoulder to shoulder here, not oppositional to oppositional right? We need to be a team. How do we resolve this for what's best in the relationship? And just to reiterate, we are not talking about abusive relationships here. We're talking about two people in a relationship dynamic who want something better. You don't Mm want to be just in these like bickering little, you know, tyrants that you never were maybe in the first couple of years of your relationship, at least in an intimate partnership. Like Mm -hmm. there is a way to get back to it. But again, that, that mindset of, me versus you, it's so natural. And there is a way to flip that. Um, and I think it does start with looking at what we're projecting onto the relationship. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, you were talking there and I was like, control, control. And then you said, yeah, it's our need for control. So that's 100% it. And the other part that kind of comes through there is because when I can say you're wrong and I'm right, there's certainty there. There is uh, defined a defined understanding of what's going on in the situation, or even perhaps some familiarity of our past patterns or past relationships that we've been in. It's like, oh, oh, right. I know what this feels like. We may not be consciously thinking this, but there will be some familiarity there if this is like a relationship that you've had in the past. Mm -hmm. And so the more you can bring awareness to what's going on within you of your past, of the relationships you've been in, your childhood dynamics, all of that, the more, and this is that self-awareness piece, the more you're going to be able to see so much clearer what is actually going on in these relationships, you know? Yes. And a lot of us will not admit blame or, or being wrong because in a way, I think our mindset is that if I'm wrong, I therefore did it on purpose or I, I created this intentionally. And there's a lot of blame and shame and embarrassment in that when really admitting you're wrong, becoming self-aware, becoming self-responsible, we have to start thinking about it differently. What it does is it just shows us an opportunity where we have influence to make change. Mm-hmm. That's all it really is. And there's an amazing gift there, but yet we, we get into these, uh, you know, I think underneath all of it, and I wanted to be wrong, is like, I don't want to feel shame for doing something that hurts someone else. Yeah. Or, or I don't want to feel by taking responsibility. Does that make me weak? Does that make me vulnerable? And actually in that act, it empowers you yes. and it makes you stronger. Yes. And we will contest to this, I think in multiple relationship dynamics yes. that we've experienced. So yeah, hopefully it helps everyone who's out there thinking, I'm I don't know about this. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this one because I think that whether you are in your own partnership or you are a parent, or you can even apply so much of this to your friendships or family dynamics, really it, the more you become responsible for yourself in all your relationships, the better they all get. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so this will be interesting. Yeah. I definitely want to dive into first. uh, I'm going to try and talk mostly about partnerships. So I'm talking about spouses or long-term relationships and whatever matter that may form for those listening, but, you know, self-responsibility it's just so critical to your partnership. And I'm going to explain something, a really good analogy I've been thinking about for a while, but 
all relationships slip into valleys at some point, you know, where we feel like we've, we're at a fork in the road. We need to make a decision. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute. Esther Perel talks a lot about this stuff as well. If anyone wants to listen to some of hers. Uh, but I believe that we have three options. The first is that we break apart and we choose someone new, right? We've seen this, that person's just not right for me. I'm going on to the next partnership. But if you do that without taking any self-reflection, self-accountability, self-responsibility, wanting to make improvements to how you showed up to that relationship that did not work, I am willing to bet that you will repeat a lot of those same patterns in this new relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if you think back to your dating history, you could probably see that happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you hear a lot, why do I keep choosing guys who won't choose me? Or why do I, you know, that sort of thing. That's Mm -hmm. option one. Option two, we stay together and we harbor resentment and we create a very toxic relationship dynamic. I see this all too commonly, especially with my parents' generation, where they're in these marriages or partnerships that it's, there is no positive talk. It is, you did this and I don't like you for this. And it's this nit, 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 nit because neither party or maybe one or the other has not actually taken any self-accountability or responsibility for their actions, the way they're showing up. It's just a blame, 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 blame. And then they're also under this false pretense that, well, we said I do, so we've got to stay together forever. And to me, you're basically putting yourself in relationship, prison, or purgatory. I don't think it works out very well. You have one life to live. And the third option, which I would say is one of the hardest paths, we stay together and we rebuild together. So it's hard because it requires self-responsibility. It does not work without it. And not only on one partner, but both. So both partners have to be willing to become aware of their areas for growth, opportunities for expansion and their behavior. And they also have to begin taking action on making changes, on trying new practices, creating new patterns and habits for themselves and also within that relationship dynamic, especially in terms of communication. Uh, You know, and I've experienced this in my own relationship of over 10 years, and we really just started practicing that in this last year. Mm -hmm. But I can attest that it has transformed our relationship. I keep finding like this marriage, like a rebirth, we're married all over again. And it's Mm -hmm. just very different. I get a lot of flack from, you know, people on social media talking about this last one here. I hear things like, well, F him. If he really wanted to, he would, or I shouldn't have to change for him to love me fully. And, you know, to me, that really says like, well, you, my friends are choosing option one or option two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it does take this piece of humble pie. And again, just to reiterate, I am speaking about people who are in this container of relationship and they're not like they love each other and they have good moments, but it's not like amazing. It's not expansive. There's some resentment there, but like they want to make it work, but they're still stuck in the same patterns, the blame game, the, 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 this is the key to getting out of that. It yeah. starts with you, not the other person. Well, and I want to attest to your and Tori's journey because I've said this to you many times, how expanding it is for me to see you guys really journey through some, some peaks and valleys together over this last year and come together as a team and really dig into some hard pieces and especially for you, like just really allowing yourself to open up 
to love, I think for, for the first time. And, and that involved you opening yourself up to yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. and just, yeah, I wanted to just say, it's just been a really beautiful relationship to witness. And I think you need to do a little solo on it (laughs) because you don't get to, we don't get to see these types of relationships. Um, we don't, we don't see them as much as we need to in society. And you guys have really continued to traverse some challenging ground together. And I think that's also a piece there is that um, the hard stuff doesn't stop. It's Mm -hmm. just that you guys have gotten better at traversing it together, you know? Yes. Without self-responsibility, you can't, you can't traverse that because you're still in that oppositional defiance, right? Yes. And you need each other to do that. Yes. And so I think that is such an important piece that you mentioned there. There will always be hard times. I think a lot of people assume that, well, if I'm in the right relationship, those obstacles don't come. Mm. No, no, no. Those are all tests of like expansion and growth and strengthening your partnership, right? But it takes learning how to communicate all the things you were never taught and you probably witnessed the opposite of what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah. It's, Um, It's about being able to see our own shit and understand it, see where we're projecting all of that. And mm-hmm. then also there needs to be that the equal piece in the partnership of that, both wanting to do this work together yeah. and then digging into it together, you yeah. know? And it's interesting. Like when I think back to, if anybody doesn't know, some of you may know my journey, some of you may not, but I separated uh, from Brad, my children's father uh, back in the fall. And it's been a really interesting journey for me to look at my patterns in relationship. And what I've come to realize is that I have a pattern of being with men who are not emotionally available for me. And, you know, when I first realized this pattern, I was like, oh, yep, see, this makes so much sense. This is why my relationships haven't worked. And this is why I've come to this point. And this has a lot to do with my own childhood and, and my dad not always being emotionally available to me and, and just different things that have happened. Also the trauma that I've been through, because what's interesting here is number one was being able to become self-aware of my pattern here and choosing this and that, yes, my partners were not emotionally available, but then also here's that humble pie piece, realizing that I was also choosing these relationships because it allowed me to not have to show up in an emotionally (laughs) available way. And wow, was that an interesting revelation? I remember being like, oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Still stings, doesn't it? Oh my goodness. (laughs) You know? And, and so for me, this has been really a path of realizing that Brad and I, I have different paths and, you know, we will continue to traverse those paths in a way, both now co-parenting, but on our individual paths. And so it was about, I think, number one, becoming self-aware, learning how to choose myself for the first time. But now this is the big one is learning how to make myself emotionally available and potentially down the road, choosing a partnership with somebody Mm. who is emotionally available. I love that you're taking, you know, what some people would feel is a very devastating piece in your life and really trying to like suck the juices out of it. Like, what was this here to teach me? 
And so much. I have to ask when you first had this revelation of one of the reasons that your marriage couldn't continue for you was that, you know, emotionally you weren't being met in the same area you needed to. Was there that natural reaction to say, yeah, he's unemotionally available. I keep attracting men like that period. And then the revelation of, oh, wait a second. Was this a defense mechanism for me? And how did that feel? Oh, yeah, a hundred percent for a while. I only thought the first part, which was, oh, I have this pattern of choosing men that aren't always fully available for me. Right. That was it. And then I I think this was actually recent. Like this was not, I read, I did not realize this like a year ago. This was like Mm -hmm. recent. And I was like, oh, but wait, (sighs) I also have not been emotionally available and in a large part due to my trauma and, and as a protective mechanism, it feels safer to, as I've come to realize it's safer for me to distance myself or, or have like a wall there, because Mm -hmm. if I don't have to let someone fully in, I will not, I will never get fully hurt or disappointed like the ways I have in the past. Yes. See, our stories are so similar, but so opposite. So that's why I love digging into them so much because, you know, for in those three options I talked about in a way you're choosing option one at the beginning. Okay. Cause again, I am a big proponent. Not all relationships are meant to last forever. People do fall out of alignment and you cannot force or make someone change, nor should they like people are their own people and they're on their own journeys and, you know, brave of you to make that decision for yourself that this is not in alignment with me, regardless of all the pressures from society, having children together. And, you know, there would be a lot to keep that container. And then you'd maybe fall into option two, uh, where resentment and a toxic dynamic is created, but you know, where you did it differently, which is similar to my stories, then you actually took the opportunity to look at that relationship and say like, how did I show up to this? What was I projecting here? So that unlike option one, you do not repeat the same cyclic pattern again. And I think that's a beautiful thing because no matter where your relationship is headed or where it is, there is always an opportunity to create self-awareness and self-responsibility of your actions, your behaviors, and the way you're showing up. Good on you. Yeah. 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 And it's a tough one. I, and I would say that if you're listening to this and any of this resonates for you, I would say not only getting clearer on your relationship and, and how your partner is showing up, but please also look at how you're showing up, especially look at how you're showing up and how do you play a part in that? Because we really do like these relationships. It's, it's equal partnership, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, for my marriage and thanks for all your nice commentary on <laughs> our, our journey. I, I say to you all the time, I'm like, yes, tell me more. Tell me more about these challenges you guys are working through because it's, it's very expansive. We need more examples, real examples mm-hmm. in society of not necessarily couples that are doing great, but couples who are digging into this stuff and traversing it together and growing through it together. And, you know, it's, and it's not rosy, but it's real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, over this last year, Tori and I have, have been through a lot. And even regardless of that, it's just so important for people to really look at their partnerships and remember that at some point in your life, 
like you chose this person, Mm. you committed in whatever way that looks like for you. Like they're my person. I'm going to spend my life with them. Maybe I'm going to have babies with them. Like they're my best friend. I'm going to love them. They love me. You respect them, but somewhere like along the pressures of life and our behaviors and our patterns and our conditioning, we flip this like shoulder to shoulder stance and it becomes oppositional. When I look back at my 10 year relationship with Tori, eight years married this summer, I, I'm like, wow, I think I can count on one hand, the amount of times I have said, sorry. Mm. And if anyone's listened to past episodes, they'll know like Christine and I are cut from the same cloth. They're control freaks, perfectionists, admitting fault does not come easy to me. And to be honest, it's still something I'm working through. Mm -hmm. I used to make a joke with some of my girlfriends that also I was married before high school sweethearts, very non-lasting relationship anyways, but making a joke as I married Tori, well, this is it. Because if I get married a third time, people are going to start thinking it's me. (laughs) (laughs) The irony. The irony. Yes. And it wasn't really until this year that I realized wait a second. What if some of it is me? It is me. (laughs) So it really, like, honestly, only a year ago, did I actually start becoming more self-aware as to how I was showing up in my partnership. Again, just knowing I never apologize. I am always right. And I began to get curious, how would that feel for my partner. Imagine saying, I'm sorry, literally probably 2000 times and only receiving it back like three <laughs> in a decade. That's pretty demeaning. And, and honestly, it's, it's almost cruel. Am I saying that I own every fault or, you know, issue in our relationship? Absolutely not. But all I can control is my own behaviors, the own, my, the, the way I am communicating, the way I am showing up. And it is, it's like razor blades going down. Like at first it was, I literally couldn't even say it to him. I'd go like journal about it. Like, oh, I was definitely wrong. I still couldn't say sorry. I still couldn't admit it. And it's only been honestly, like these last six months where I've really begun to cool my ego. I'm safe. It's okay to be wrong because in these, I used to call them arguments. I think now Tori's like, these are discussions. <laughs> these are awesome. dialogues. I'm like, right. Okay. <laughs> dialogue. Right. I like and that. again, like you said, in my upbringing, fighting, it was abuse, toxic yelling. And so I have never, again, to cast any blame, I don't know what healthy communication really looks like in an intimate partnership, whether that's mother, child, spouse, et cetera. Mm. And so for so long in my marriage, I viewed it as me versus him. Like we were in opposition and I, it was like patriarchy. Like I was higher up in the hierarchy. And so imagine how that would make my partner feel. And so, you know, when we began to get into some of these trials and tribulations, I was like, well, what am I bringing to the table here? How am I showing up? And how is that making him feel? And how is that eroding the foundation of our relationship? Because I can only control what I can, but if I start making shifts, maybe he will too. For anybody listening, because I feel like a lot of us can resonate with this. I don't say sorry. Right. If what comes to mind is like, that makes me weak. There's vulnerability there, or based on anything we've been through in the past, It's that reminder of that feeling or that experience. So when you realize this, what did that look like in terms of your process? Like for anyone listening, like what did that look like in terms of starting to shift this pattern or understand it better, start to take more self-responsibility? Were there steps? 
Um, mm-hmm. or was this just, you know, starting trying to become more aware of it? Right. For me, the awakening moment, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, sometimes it takes this aha moments to have these mind shifts. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was last year I attended uh, this sort of like speaking tour with these two very famous mom, this mom duo. And, you know, I was going with all my friends. I was super excited about it. Tori and I had just been through this like major valley, I'll call it in, in our marriage. And I thought, you know, it'd be all these women around supporting women. And, you know, I was very much on my self-empowerment movement and like healing myself and all these great things that probably also aided in this mindset shift. But I remember walking into this venue of, I don't know, 500 women and it was an entire night of commiserie. Men are this, my husband does that, he's so lazy, he blah, 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 and then children. And they- Which is, for anyone listening, that is projecting. Yes. That is projecting in a nutshell. <laughs> and it doesn't, it, it does not condone that their behavior is okay or healthy or helping your relationship. Absolutely not. And I will be the first to say, I know we all need to normalize like what actual relationship is like sometimes and motherhood is like sometimes, and that's okay. And maybe that's all this was for some people that were there, but I don't think it was. I think it mm-hmm. was a very similar pattern to Bashing. the thoughts. Yeah. That go through literally what it was like. It was like having 500 of my own voices repeating back to me all the thoughts and things I would say to myself in my marriage. Oh, see, he left his laundry there because he's like a beeping a-hole or, you know, he can't show up enough. He can't love me the way I need him to. He doesn't respect me. And it was like having the sleep. But when it's amplified by 500 voices, it it literally, I felt disgust in my body, disgust Mm. that this was the person I chose to spend my life with that is my best friend that I should respect that I should love that I should be pouring into. And this is the loop of thoughts that is going on in my head. How can he show up any differently when this is the way subconsciously and probably consciously I'm communicating to him. And I just remember that night, like I couldn't unhear it. I couldn't unsee it. And that was kind of this defining moment where I said, something has to change. And in our eight years of being married, me trying to control him, me saying, you need to do this. You need to do that. It was not making any change. So I realized the only thing I could change and I was willing to try it because I was not taking option two, where I was going to be in this Petri dish of resentment and toxicity. I will not, I would way rather leave and be divorced again (laughs) that I had to look into myself and start changing the ways I was showing up. Did it mean he was perfect? Nope. But maybe if I started making changes, so would he. And that's exactly what happened. And it's no short like of a miracle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you remind me of this piece of like, really, we cannot change anybody. The Mm -hmm. only thing we can change is ourselves. And that has been really, really big for me on my journey is like realizing that even if we have like expectations or even hopes, you got to try to release them because really you turn it back on yourself. And then as you start to model this behavior for any relationship in your life, sometimes that's where the change actually occurs, but mm-hmm. really you you're spot on. It's the only person is yourself. Yeah. And to be honest, I think 
my changes in like self-improvement and beginning to be curious about where he was coming from when we'd get into these discussions uh, really began to sort of flip the script, but also it was interesting because he was doing his own journey at the same time and reading tons of books on communication and, and learning all of that. And I just remember getting into this discussion once and me just, you know, losing it. Like I was ugly crying. I was how I was feeling. I just went on and on and on like the, the verbal attack. I was on the verbal attack. And I just remember as I was coming to my conclusion, I began to brace myself because I'm ready for his defense, right? That's what we do in, in marriages. We bing bong, me versus you. Do, 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 do. And I just like remember. tug of war. Yeah, I was just ready for it. And he just looks me in the eyes and goes, I am so sorry I made you feel like that. I can totally see how me not doing X, Y, Z, whatever it was, would make you upset. I'm really going to try harder to be more cognizant of that. And I just, it was like, like the wind taken out of my sails. Yeah, it like diffused <sighs> it all. I just remember this shock. What? I can't argue with that. I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he has now repeated that same type of response in when we have these discussions. And I've noticed myself in the last few months because I'd say communication was like the last piece for me to really crack. And we're going to talk about that in some tips and tricks for you. I now am mirroring that same language. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Where yeah. I am, hey, okay, so I, I can I validate him because yes. I'm also practicing with the kids. It's just, it's it's crazy what just a change in your communication because I am, how are my words gonna hurt you right now? I'm thinking of the team, I'm thinking of the relationship. Yeah. Before my ego and my projection and my own baggage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that when I was listening to, I was like, oh yeah, validating. So, so, so important because it reminds me so much with the kids when they are charged and they're having like a huge emotional response to something. Um, I, I didn't definitely didn't do this in the beginning, but one thing I do now is like right away validating. Oh my gosh, that must've really hurt or, you know, get right in there into what they're feeling, Mm -hmm. especially with Max. It's just like the response that you gave, like, uh, 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 well, yeah. (laughs) Right. Like I, he's, he's literally done that sometimes where I'm like, I am so sorry. Mommy did not even think about that or right. And, and Mm -hmm. he has nothing. He's like, Mm -hmm. because I think on a much deeper level, he's like, oh, she hears me. She sees me. I'm safe. That's all they really want. That's all they want in children. And that's all, that's all I wanted. I was just going to say, we need to remember that we are really just little kids in adult bodies. Yes. We have assets and tools and all of those things now, but that child is still within us. Like we're like an onion, right? That little child is still in the core. And ultimately that's all we really want to. Yes. It's that safety to be seen, to feel secure, to feel safe you know, and, and on the topic of motherhood, because for me, in terms of like eating that humble pie, this was something that I really began to learn about with my journey with Max. I've talked about it many times. He is my greatest teacher through his challenges. I have grown through so much of my own stuff, but in the beginning, it was not like this in the beginning, you know, I, I was, I think I was 
about three months out of having Zoe. So I, it was like going into the summer and I was getting ready for labor and all of that. And I started to notice more challenging behaviors with Max. And thus began the journey of, at, in the beginning, it was me being like, well, and, and I'm going to be completely honest here. In the beginning, I was like, how can I, how can I change him and make him better? Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's really sad for me to say that now, but I didn't know what else to do. I didn't. And I was scared and I was having a really hard time with him. And I can now see that what needed to happen and what did happen was me actually turning that inwards. And like, how did I need to change for the better? Mm -hmm. Because he was really mirroring so much of my own stuff to me. Um, And, you know, it was interesting very early on, we hired a child behavior specialist. She's amazing. Julie misbehavior. She's awesome. You should look her up. Um, We still work with her to this day. She very quickly got me to start looking at myself. Right. And she Mm -hmm. was there to support Max and help him, but she really started to have these conversations with me around, well, what's my parenting look like? What is, what are my strategies and all of this stuff. And, and as I began to dig so much more into my own journey and began to see that so much of my crap was being shown to me. It, it started to make such a difference in my relationship with him. And I can honestly say that actually it hasn't only been until more recently, especially over the last couple of months that I've really started to dig into my own stuff. Like I was before, but, but, but even more now mm-hmm. and getting way more present and really focusing on building that deeper connection with him and releasing control because I can see that because of my own trauma, because of my own upbringing, control equaled safety for me. Right. But as I started to reinforce this new story of like, but I can release control with Max and I'm still safe. It has completely changed the game in our relationship. Yeah. Well, I love how my story in terms of relationship is expanding for you because your dynamic with Max is so expanding for me as I traverse my own challenges in motherhood. And I, mm-hmm. I just love that, you know, that control piece you talk about because you see it in relationship too. We are, we just want to, we want to change everyone else to fit this little niche. And I think we really do need to wrap our brains around like kids don't really come from us. They come through us. Oh yes. Right. And our job, they are already their own people. It's to create a safe container. Yes. To, to give them advice and mentor them through life, but it's not to fit them in a box. And all, yes. our partners are not meant to fit in our little box either. We yes. need to create flexibility in ourselves for these relationships we have, because that's that's where life really happens is in the container of relationship in whatever dynamic we're talking about here. Yes. But we, we just want to control and mold. And once you can shift your mindset that no, 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 this is here to serve me. This is here to grow me too. And there's safety in that, especially in relationship with your children or your spouse. That's a beautiful process. What you and Max have been able to accomplish, like especially in these last few months that I've been privy to see and hear about it's amazing. Like to think of where your relationship was a few years ago. Yeah. And, and it's wild too, that it only becomes more reinforced each day, every single, and you know, cause I tell you, right. Every time it happens, every single time I am able to release control, 
he comes back to me. It's like, and it's energy too. Like I'm really starting to see like when I let go and this isn't about like, I have some, I and mean, you and I have talked, we have, I have some firm things in terms of safety. I'm not just going to let him do whatever he wants, but I have really become a lot clearer on the battles I fight, right. Mm-hmm. On like, what hill do I want to die on? Mm-hmm. And not a lot anymore. And the more I let go of that, he always comes back to me and, and almost always makes the best, the best decision in that situation. Mm -hmm. Does he still need guidance and support? 1000%. But what he doesn't need is to be controlled. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good segue. Hopefully that provides people some inspiration that, you know, that mindset shift, the more reoccurring times you can do it and see that you're safe, see that it actually connected you more with that person as opposed to Mm. eroded it. And again, we talked about this in our nervous system podcast, but basically your nervous system is like a database and the more disproving experiences you have, meaning in the positive way, in the sense where releasing control for you bonded you and Max, and now there's less fights. Same with like Tori and I, where we have I'm curious and more open in communication and it resolves itself quicker, the more likely that just becomes a habit and that becomes the new way we show up. So it, it's not always like pulling teeth to kind of try this new approach. Eventually that becomes the new way you're showing up. And that is like a beautiful thing. And so from two people who were not there and now are traversing through that, hopefully that can give people some inspiration that the next kind of pieces we're going to talk about, which is really how to embody this, you'll take a stab at it. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, if you're hearing this and it's resonating for you, just remember that it's baby steps, right? It's, you can't think about just actually, this is a great place to start. As you start to take inventory and looking at your relationships, try focusing on one, right? Like, take one relationship, because I think if we were to approach all of our relationships at once, that would be too overwhelming. And I would also say, don't start with your parents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but start to take inventory. So maybe look at one relationship and how am I contributing in this relationship? What changes can I start to make in regards to myself? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think you know, to be honest, we have to be honest with ourselves before we can be honest with others. Right. Mm -hmm. And self-awareness is really also the practice of acknowledging that what you say and do impacts every relationship that you do that in. Mm -hmm. And so taking inventory, great step. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and then in regards to that is, you know, and I, I talk about triggers a lot on my social media and stuff, because I think triggers have been foundational for me in terms of understanding myself better, building self-awareness, seeing my relationships more clearly. So why might you be getting triggered in a relationship? Does it remind you of anything? And what do you truly need? So often we're like, oh, you need to give me this. You need to do this. You need to change this. And quote unquote, that will make me feel better. Or that will make Mm -hmm. me, you know, whatever that is again, projecting, Mm -hmm. but this is where we turn it back on ourselves. Okay. What do you need to give yourself? What can you be changing? And again, we're not talking about abusive relationships here. That is a totally different topic. Mm -hmm. This, this is like, you know, if you can start to see where you're triggered, where you're projecting onto your partner or that person in the relationship, and how can you turn that back on yourself and give yourself what you need? 
Mm-hmm. I would even say a really good way to do this also is to look at what are the things you're always asking of your partner, or mm. I should really say telling your partner. So some examples could be, I'm always telling my partner, he needs to look at advancing his career. Maybe is that because you're feeling like you aren't advancing in your career? So maybe you need to begin going down that journey for yourself, trying to get your partner to go to therapy for all his baggage or her baggage. I should say if there's any men listening again, do you need to start going to therapy? Mm. I think a lot of people ask me, how did you, how did you do this with your husband? You know, and not that it's ever done, not that we'll ever be like fully healed, but you know, from what we went through in the last year. And I said, honestly, I stopped focusing on our relationship. I focused on myself. I focused Mm. on what the heck was I doing? How was I showing up? What was my unhealed trauma? What are my triggers? Exactly the things you said. And it has paid out dividends in our relationship. And now that I've become so self-aware right now, we're really entering into the container of, okay, now how can we find tweak our communication and all of that? But I think so often couples and in parenthood, we jump right to the, the, the dynamic of the relationship. And I think mm-hmm. self-awareness and self is really starting with you. Yes. Yeah. Right? Oh, a hundred percent. And it reminds me of, you know, a couple months ago, I really got clear with myself that I was not functioning in a sustainable way. And, you know, but so much of that was me projecting on a max, like he, uh, you know, he wasn't doing well. And, and, and I could tell that he just wasn't adapting and, and there were things going on with him. But then actually, when I stepped back, I was like, oh, wait, but I'm not, mm. I'm not slowing down. I'm not doing these things that I wanted him, like, I wanted him to feel more regulated. I wasn't regulated. I was so dysregulated. And so it's just so interesting that when we actually take a step back and detach from this stuff and be honest, what we see in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, wild. it's a hard pill for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so in, and, necessary, and in, so necessary, the humble pie pill, <laughs> yes. but in terms of, um, you know, you mentioned that your guys's communication has got better. What about in like, do you guys have anything that you talk about in terms of repair? Like when it comes to conversations around repair, is there anything you guys use that works really well? Yeah. I think for anyone, honestly, as you're looking into yourself, like right away, one tool you can start implementing with your children, with your spouse, whoever it may be, whatever relationship, your parents, if if you're going there first, which again, Mm -hmm. we don't advise, uh, (laughs) It's really a lot of the times when we're talking in relationship, we say, you do this, you're not doing this, you, you, you. Right away, what you're creating there is an oppositional dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. You're blaming and right away that other person, child or spouse is going to become defensive. It's a natural reaction. You are attacking them, whether you think you are or not, you are, you are putting them in a corner. They automatically, their sympathetic nervous system is turning on. I am fighting or I am running. Mm -hmm. And so we've really began and Tori more so than me, because again, this is really the last piece I'm really working through. Instead of saying like, you do this, it's bringing it back onto us. I am feeling this way, or the story I'm telling myself is this, because as much as we want to believe that we know everything and we know what their intent was and they did this maliciously or they don't respect us, we may be so off the mark again 
for them to know though, how we are feeling truly, because ultimately like how the person's feeling really does matter, but to accuse them of like why they're doing it or et cetera, all you're going to do is create like this toxic dynamic, right? It's not going to serve your relationship. And if your goal is to repair and to strengthen, whether that's with your child or with your spouse or partner, you have to have like, what is best for the relationships in terms of this dynamic? It's again, back to that question, like, what's the answer to who wins? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Is that your goal to be, to be right? Because you don't want to take self-accountability and responsibility, or is it to get through this? Right. Because again, like you said earlier, mountains are going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to learn a new approach to communication. So deflecting away from you and the blame game, if you can say, I am feeling this way, it's going to give that person empathy and you're going to create a much better dynamic for that conversation flow. Yeah. And, and I think also for those of you who are in a relationship where maybe the partner isn't as open to that kind of conversation, I think that's also a different story, right? But this is where both partners need to be open to this kind of repair to these kind to this kind of communication. And if you are continually putting yourself out there being vulnerable, saying I'm feeling this way, and it's getting shutting down, then maybe you need to look at it in a different way. Right. But um, yeah, I think that that's really important is like getting away from that idea of I'm right, you're wrong, the oppositional piece to how can we come together as a team? Mm-hmm. you know, so, so, so important. Yeah. I just think it's so empowering when you start doing this work, especially in your partnership dynamic, because ultimately like our partnerships determine so much of our lives, like, you know, mm-hmm. so much of like our day-to-day happiness. Those are the people you interact with the most. And if you're okay with whatever status quo you're in, then so be it. But I guess I can tell you from my experience, like there it can be way more expansive. It can be positive. You can create this, this team mentality with your kids, with your spouse, but it takes a lot of work. Yes. And, and I would say, this is where I love how we have sometimes differing perspectives because I can on, I can also say that now being single and on my own, if I hadn't made this decision, I would never would have known or been able to dive even deeper into myself and understand myself better. And you know, who knows what the future has in store, but mm-hmm. this is the, like the self-awareness piece and taking responsibility for yourself in relationships is it's so crucial. Yes. It's not easy. We will be the first to tell you No, no. like honest, real truth here. If you have yeah. not taken, you know, a scan of you, you should probably start there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we thank everybody for listening to this episode. This is definitely an important one. And if anything resonated for you, or if you feel so called to, please leave a review. Let us know what you thought. Um, obviously, even better if you can share this on your social media. Yes. Because the more people <laughs> that we can get this out to, the better. And if you are looking to contact Tess or I, you can find Tess on TikTok and Instagram at her unearthed. And you can find me, Christina, on TikTok and Instagram at Christina.soulempowered. We thank you guys for listening and we hope you have a great day. Till next time. Bye.